The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Hello, the compliments of the season to you. I hope you had a great Christmas day yesterday. And many thanks to all of you for joining me, especially if you're listening live on Boxing Day morning. I'm Lindsay Wood. I'm the director of climate strategy company Resilience Limited. And Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9 to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, the Nelson CBD on 107.2 and across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net and podcasts of Climate Matters and also other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. Well, today we're going back into the archives again. We're going back to Climate Matters number 52, which came out in late 2020. And in that, we're going to actually be looking at a variety of different things, calling out James Shaw on him, calling out Greta Thunberg, who called out New Zealand. And then building the right things in the right places, like there's no tomorrow, but posing the question, are we building the right things or the wrong things in the wrong places? And then we've got a bit on Tesla going from strength to strength. And of course, as always, we'll actually give a hot tip for a cooler planet. We also, just for fun, we have gifted you the thought-provoking Christmas word, climacteric. Climacteric. And what does climacteric mean? Well, we'll come to that towards the end. Anyway, um, on that note, and we did send out Christmas greetings to everybody with, uh, with Climate Matters 52. It actually went out on Christmas Eve 2020. So here's the first item. Calling out Shaw on his response to Greta Thunberg, calling out New Zealand on climate. Come on, James, spare a soft peddling and tell it as it is. I rate you as one of our best political chances on climate, but you mustn't get away with euphemistic spin. Here's an edit of your response to Greta as reported in the New Zealand Herald, and we've got a link to that on our website. Quotes, Greta Thunberg is essentially pointing out what we already know, that we have a long way to go to narrow the gap between what our emissions are right now and what they need to be in the future. And here's my version that I think he should have written. Greta Thunberg is essentially pointing out what we already know, that our emissions reductions are desperately behind where we should be now, let alone for the daunting decline we face in the immediate future. James, I'm sorry, I really rate you, but you were spinning there pretty badly, and uh, we don't think you should get away with that. Here's a quote that, uh, from Professor Bronwyn Hayward. Now, Bronwyn, some of you will know Bronwyn. I interviewed her for the podcast series. She's an extraordinary voice on climate. She was uh, made the 2020 New Zealand 
woman of most influence through her climate activity. She is a lead author with the IPCC, the International Climate Change Committee. And here's what Bronwyn Hayward said. Even under President Trump, the US is going to have made better per capita reductions on emissions than we in New Zealand have. You got that? But even under Trump, the US was doing better than New Zealand was. And we were the ones that said it was our nuclear-free moment. Anyway, uh, there's a stuff um, column on that, and we'll link to that. Building the right things in the right places like there's no tomorrow. The New York Times, quoting a Princeton study, and there'll be a link to the Princeton study, the New York Times spotlights the vast scale of infrastructure essential to decarbonize the United States. And this is a quote, laying down steel and concrete at a pace barely being contemplated today, adding record-breaking wind generation year on year. Our own Transpowers Timori Hiko, which is actually their Energy Futures report, paints a similar picture for New Zealand, and there are a couple of images there. We have to refocus our construction efforts on what we need for the future. And the, the images from Transpower, I've put the annotation on it. Transpower's forecast equates to a big wind turbine every three days forever. And big as in very big, 150, 200 metres high. Meanwhile, are we building the right or wrong things in the wrong place? The buoyant construction sectors call for more land for housing, that was broadcast on RNZ, Radio New Zealand News, 22nd of December 2020, begs the question, are they on track to decarbonise the whole sector 8% every year, which is what we need to do to match the um, climate trajectory for 1.5 degree warming limit. Without a resounding sure, here's how. Yeah, right. Can you imagine that? Anybody saying they know how to do the decarbonisation, they, that's the construction sector, should not get that land, least of all for low-density subdivisions. The intractable building sector causes some 20% of our emissions and it locks in climate impacts for decades. It's a little bit different to agriculture where you can at least change what you use the land for. Also on the 22nd of December, the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment announced delays to their own response to the Building for Climate Change consultation due, in quotes, to the large volume of information we received. That was 360 submissions. And it's amazing that they thought that was large in terms of the number of submissions on their climate change consultation, i.e. on perhaps the biggest issue in the land at the moment. We must at least hold back new land until MB assures us what approach fits our climate emergency declaration and our Zero Carbon Act. And the Building Research Association has done research on that, which uh, we might come to on another occasion. Now, I mentioned... Uh, talking about Tesla and Tesla going from strength to strength. A few weeks ago, this is, remember, Christmas 2020, 
A few weeks ago, Tesla eclipsed Toyota as the world's most valuable car manufacturer. And since then, Tesla and Elon Musk have set all sorts of records. Check out Live Mint. There will be a link to that on the Fresh FM Climate Matters webpage. All sorts of records. That's really positive to the extent those cars charge with clean electricity. What's that referring to? Well, if you remember that you have to charge the electricity into the cars, if you pull that electricity from a grid where the electricity is generated by coal or diesel or natural gas, then there's a lot of emissions being created just to generate the electricity. We are lucky in New Zealand with all our hydro and geothermal, as are one or two other places like Norway and Iceland and so on, but we are the exceptions rather than the rule. However, here are a couple of little interesting uh, snippets from the, uh, the remarkable magazine Visual Capitalist, where I sometimes um, include their, their, um, their graphics, which are quite striking. They quote a study actually from Castrol Oil, so you have to have a little bit of a question as to how impartial that study is. And... Castrol's study reports the tipping point range at which most consumers said they would consider buying an electric vehicle is 469 kilometers. So in other words, if I can get a car that will run for 469 kilometers without needing recharging, that'll be good enough for me. Well, in fact, now there are plenty of cars around with that. That's probably at the lower end of the range of a lot of them. However, what's the significance of that distance? Well, it happens to get you from London to Paris in one go. So in that situation, we've got a, a spot where uh, if you get from London to Paris, then you're OK to go with, a, uh, with an electric vehicle. I should have done the homework and found how that compared with Auckland to Wellington. Now, I said I'd come back to the word climacteric. Climacteric means a singular or remarkable point in time. And I don't think we'd have any trouble claiming that the era of climate change and the, our attempts to deal with it uh, definitely fit the term climacteric. Now, here's a hot tip for a cooler planet. And it's a timely one for this time of year and for the holiday season coming up. Use your car air conditioning less. Why is that? Because aircon can add about 10% to the fuel consumption of a vehicle um, because it takes quite a lot of power to drive an aircon system. I remember I had a, um, a diesel Ford Escort one time and if I turned the air conditioning on, I could feel that it had less power. With my current electric vehicle, if I turn on the air conditioning, I can see the predicted range of, with a given battery charge suddenly drops between about 5 to 20%, depending on what the, uh, the outdoor conditions are like and so on. So remember that. Only use your car aircon if you have to. And in fact, the same applies to a large degree, to, um, to domestic heat pumps and so on. But 
if they are powered from a renewable grid, they're not as bad as an aircon system in a vehicle if it's powered from fossil fuels like diesel or petrol. So if you, even if you just adjust the temperature a degree or two or cool for less time, you'll save money and save CO2. And that brings to mind a, an interesting thing I came across in a, a, a large transport conference in Berlin a couple of years ago where the Swiss rail company, which is renowned for its efficiency, was trying to find a way to save it having to cope with huge spikes in the electricity because all of their system was electric. The Swiss rail company owns about seven, I think, is it, or nine hydroelectric schemes just to drive its, its um, trains. And because they're so efficient, they all start on time. So if you've got a train that is meant to leave the station at four o'clock in the afternoon and you've got the same in seven different stations around the country, they all start at four o'clock bang and they suck a huge amount of power out of the system because the startup currents for trains they're trying to get moving are really quite huge. And they found that they were going to have to put in more electricity generation just to cope with those spikes uh, when all the trains started up. What was their solution? And this is why I'm telling you this story. Turn off the, the heating or air conditioning in the trains just for a couple of minutes. And they discovered that even in the coldest winters, passengers didn't notice if the heating was turned off for two minutes. And so they did turn it off at the time when they were just about to start up out of the station because in Switzerland, heating trains accounts for about half the power they draw. And our end, returning off our air conditioning systems a little bit or turning them down will save us money and save carbon dioxide. Okay, thanks for bearing with me through that little ramble. Um, and that all came out of encouraging you to use your aircon less. And we've reached the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoy the rest of the holiday season. We look forward to your company again next week, I hope. And in the meantime, as always, kia kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.